Welcome back to the Blue Corner, the weekly rundown, episode 13. We've got a lot to talk about again. Of course, the 3 0 defeat to Manchester United and then on to Nottingham Forest at the weekend. Ollie, how are we doing? Uh, I'm a bit disappointed, I can't lie, after that Manchester United game. You know, there was a lot of big atmosphere, you know, a lot of people looking forward to the game on Sunday and to be put down two minutes into the game by probably the Puss Gas Award goal of the season, I think was a little bit disappointed. But, you know, apart from that, I'm all right. Looking forward to the weekend. You know, your first away day back at Nottingham Forest after many months away from it. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting. Yeah, it was a disappointing game against Man United and Goodison was absolutely electric until the third minute. Everything before was fantastic, wasn't it? Of course, by the brick, there's so many fans gathered for the atmosphere march and then into the ground as well. You could feel the energy. It was so intense and, you know, sadly we couldn't make use of that atmosphere because two minutes in, the goal of the season happens to be scored. That that atmosphere, we have to talk about that atmosphere first and, oh my word, you know, the, the noise in that stadium... You know, when that anthem came on, the, the noise from the from the Gladys Street end and, you know, everyone in the, in the ground, I think that's that's a good sign for me because it shows the unity of the fans. I think everyone now is in the mindset of getting behind everyone and, and just being together to fight this point seduction and, and just look forward to the rest of the season and, and try and get us above that dotted line. But, you know, as you said there, that was the worst possible thing that could have happened at the start, isn't it? It was an unbelievable goal. We have to talk about it and... <sighs> The ball comes in from Dallow and Alejandro Carnacho. Wow, I have to say, just an incredible technique. Yeah. And the fact that he's pulled that off there, I've not seen many better overhead kicks. I don't think I don't think I've seen many, if any, overhead kicks at Goodison Park before. And that was just insane. That for me, I think, is the best goal I've ever seen in person. Like hands down. I wouldn't the disagree. Te- the technique, the way he got managed to to get under it and have it loop over Pickford and nestle in that bottom corner. I th- it's just mental and as I said before it's the worst possible thing to happen to us because you know the atmosphere the fans are up for it everyone's hoping for a spirited performance try and get over the line and beat Manchester United who in fairness are a good team they've got a good squad and you know they, they look well drilled apart from the Champions League it must be said but you know yeah just you have to just take your hat off to Garnacho there it was a, it was a fantastic finish wasn't it yeah, it was, and it was just the absolute last thing that we needed and the first thing that Manchester United would have wanted. They must have come into that game thinking, if we can get an early goal, that's how they're going to win this game. Mm. They quieted the crowd down. There was a real silence after that goal, which you would expect when you've just been stunned by a goal like that, and that's what United wanted, and that's what they got. So then they're 1-0 up, and you're thinking, oh, here we go. Like We've just had that balloon popped almost. And I thought, though, for the rest of the first half, I thought we put in a really strong performance, and... In reality, we should have been ahead at the break and we missed some crucial chances. We did. And I think, yeah, that first half, to be honest, there's no complaints from me that first half because, you know, we kept battling. We probably should have scored twice, three times. And, you know, going into that half-time break 1-0 down was, in hindsight, a little bit disappointing because, as you said there, we missed some high-profile chances. I think Calvert-Lewin had two free headers. Um, I think it was the one. Yeah, the Decore one that was cleared off the line by Kobe Manu. Um, yeah, I just if we were a little bit more clinical, it probably would have been a different afternoon. But you know, that's what you wanted in that first half. You wanted a goal back quick, and we didn't get it. And I think going into that second half, it probably demoralised the players as well as the fans. Yeah, the goal would have spurred them on, and I'd have think I'd have thought if we'd have got the leveler, we'd have then gone on to win it. And instead, you come out in the second half and. You're hoping for those first 15 minutes to really put the pressure on, hopefully get the equaliser, but instead the opposite happens. We concede a penalty. 
a dubious one, but probably a penalty. It's an interesting one to debate, really. Not for me. Sean it's... Dyche was not happy with it at all. I, I, for me, I think it's a stonewall penalty. I can't lie. Like An experienced fullback like Ashley Young should know better not to dive in on Anthony Martial there. And I think, you know, you run the risk. You give the referee an opportunity to, to give a penalty against you and you give him a decision to make. And once you do that, in a game like that where, you know, the, the Everton fans are on the back of the referee, they're on the back of, you know, the Premier League, he's going to give it so you don't give him that opportunity to give it and I think you know the capitulation after that is it was embarrassing really wasn't it he had a tough day Ashley Young and obviously got booked early on for that tackle on Garnacho, concedes the penalty and you're always going to back for back that Marcus Rashford's going to put it in the net and at 2-0 then it's a completely different game and I thought that I wouldn't say it was embarrassing I'd say the response was just we couldn't get back up to where we wanted to be and when you're 2-0 down then there's a lot of belief was mm. lost and we had chances at 2-0 to then make it 2-1 of course Mikalenko hit the bar didn't yeah, he yeah, yeah. if that goes in there's then another bit of fight in, in everyone then suddenly everyone gets back up again unfortunately that doesn't then go in and then they get the third Mar- Marciallo happens to score against us every time he plays <sighs> us it's his ninth goal against Everton now and at 3-0 it's completely done isn't it so I think it a part of the reason why it ended up like that was kind of unfortunate events happening at the wrong times. The goal happening at the wrong time, the first one, the penalty happening as you're trying to build some momentum in the second yeah. half. It just killed the momentum both times and then obviously we got beat. But I think 3-0 flattered them massively. It did flatter them. I think I would have liked us to see you know, us go out a little bit more and try and attack them a little bit more and play as the home side. So I know, you know, Sean Dyche is not going to play as a team that you know, is front foot attacking and but you know, United were there for the taking. They're two centre halves on the ball, Lindelof and Maguire. They they're not that good. And I think if we would have set a press with Decoro, with Calvert Lewin a little bit more and, and just got at them and, and tried to put them under pressure. You you saw at times in that first half where we did put them under pressure. They they crumbled a little bit, you know, Onana he put a few out for, for a throw-in off goal kicks and I think that shows that if we did just come out of, of our shell a little bit more and play as that home team we might have been able to you know press and get a few more chances here and there but yeah as you said there once once you go 3-0 down the game's done isn't it there's, there's no coming back from that and you give yourself a massive mountain to climb I think that was what Right, that if the first goal hadn't happened after three minutes I think we would have been able to really use that noise from the crowd and you know, set the high press, high energy, massive urgency, everyone going for the ball, you know, really battling for that. And we couldn't quite get that because obviously the momentum was halted at the three minutes goal. And, you know, if we were going to win that game, you would have imagined it would have been a gutsy, hard-fought performance where the fans kind of drag you over the line. The fans kind of create that wave of pressure. And there was never really that, was there? And once again, it's another home game where we've got beat and largely because of missed chances. And, I've got no idea why we seem to miss loads of chances at home, but we take them away because we create more chances at home on paper say, yeah. than we do away, but we take them on the road, so I don't know what's the difference. We're, I was going to say, we're proper clinical away from home, aren't we? And then we, we seem to lose our shooting boots when it comes to Goodison, but you know, one win at home, one draw at home, four points, and what are we now? The, the 1st of December tomorrow. That's, that's worrying for me. And, and to be in a situation where you know, we're in the bottom three. We need to rely on home form. Probably 
maybe a little bit less than what we have done in the last two seasons because our away form has picked up. But, you know, four points at home in, in December is, is not a good record and it's not a good look for us. So, you know, that's one thing in this December period that I really hope we do pick up is a few more points at home and, and just become more clinical because, you know, we have the players there on paper to, to score us goals, to, to make us chances. So, you know, if we can just upturn our home form a little bit we'll be a lot safer come January come February I think that that's where we need to see the, the upturn of form even if we just become more stable at home as in mm. just picking up you know points here and there winning the odd one in, in three perhaps obviously this isn't what we want this isn't like the usual expectation but if we're doing that well on the road you want to supplement that with home points and teams do stay up because of their home form usually yeah. and with away games of course you've not got the home advantage so is it really safe to just rely on away form all season? I'd say it's probably not. So hopefully we can sort the home form. But the next game is actually an away game, Nottingham Forest, Saturday, half five. And we're now joined by Joe Dainty, Nottingham Forest fan, ready to tell us all about this game on Saturday at half five. How are you doing, Joe? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much again. It's a pleasure. Yep, so you might remember Joe Dainty from the relegation special that we did last season and thankfully both clubs stayed in the Premier League. I was going to say, it didn't really materialise into a relegation battle between Forrest and Everton, did no, it? Not, <laughs> not the end, we yeah. should have got a Leicester fan on. Yeah, there was no rivalry in the end, thankfully. We couldn't find a Leicester fan, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, there's not many of those. <laughs> so Joe, Saturday, half five, under the lights at the city ground, how are you feeling out of this I'm game? Really, this is probably... I'd say I'm most excited for this game. any game. Not not just because it's you guys, but, but <laughs> I'm just I'm incredibly excited. I love a five thirty. We uh we're not great on TV. Oh, Ooh. is that right? Yeah, we're not, we're not fantastic. We did beat Villa the other the other week on TV, but that's the only sort of that's the only good one I can remember. But I'm I'm very excited. Well, that Villa win seemed to break up a run of quite poor results. Really, you could say a lot of draws, a couple of defeats, and. That win seems like a bit of an anomaly. What do you think of Forest at the moment, and how have they been in recent weeks? We're we're competitive in every game we play, which is definitely an improvement from last season. Um, but we're still not getting consistent results. Obviously, the last two games we've played, we've lost 3-2. Um, in both those games, we were ahead at a certain point and then conceded goals. And it's all, it's all, for the most part, it's a individual error. There's not like a particular particular thing that's going wrong. It's individual errors um, with certain players in the team that are causing those goals. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed with Forest, you've got a very good team on paper, I think. I think you've got a, a very good spine. A bit like Everton, really. We've got a decent spine, both both clubs. You know, I just, as you said there, it's just the individual mistakes which seem to be costing you. And I think if you can iron that out of your game, you'll see yourselves pushing up the table. And I think that's almost the same as Everton, really. If we, if we iron out those individual mistakes and just, you know, just start being more clinical, especially especially at home, but, you know, away from home as well, sometimes that we, we do need to be more clinical. I think if if both teams start doing that, I think both will start pushing up the league. And I think, obviously, because Forrest have got that, that big points advantage on us at the moment after that deduction, <laughs> yeah. I think you'll see you making more progress than we do this season. But I see a lot of similarities between Everton and Forrest in terms of, you know, good spine, decent squad, um, and... <laughs> A, a strong fan base that are willing to get behind the team. I think that's Absolutely. that's a very good similarity that, that both Everton and Forest have. I think the two clubs are on similar levels squad-wise. I'd say they are. And obviously, yeah, the city ground is going to be great. Mm. And we're all going to be there, aren't we, actually? So <laughs> that should be fun. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a difficult game for Everton. We've been good on the road, but I always do fear going to Nottingham Forest because obviously the fans are great. And last season, it was quite a good game, wasn't it? It was a 2-2 in the end. And I suppose both teams could have argued they deserved to win. Maybe Everton fans came away thinking they should have won, but it's interesting, wasn't it? 
It was, it was. We had Brennan Johnson then, so not, <laughs> not, not got the star boy anymore. But um, yeah, it'd definitely be an interesting game. I think I think you perhaps, well, obviously you need the points more than us. Yeah. But I think because of your last loss, I actually think we're now more at risk of dropping points because I think you'll be even more up for it. Um, obviously, we also lost our last game and fans are very frustrated with that. Um, I think there's a few, a number of people starting to get on Steve Cooper's back. I think there's a, there's a feeling that he should be doing better with the, the squad of players yeah. he's got. I, I'm not of that opinion, but there is a, a growing. Opinion I was going to say, I was going to ask you that. What What do you think of Steve Cooper, and and how long do you think he's he's got before Forest fans start to turn on him, and then obviously inevitably the board start to turn on him? Do you think it gets to a point where he's given to the end of the season, and it might run his course, and you might look for a new project, or do you think it could get towards the you know the back end of this year? I mean, what what is the timescale that Forest fans would give for Steve Cooper to kind of give him time to to bed those players in that you've signed over the summer, and and actually look to to progress in the league? For for me, I'm I'm always I've always been I probably still continue I, I will still continue to be very much Cooper in, um, and I think I said before progress takes time. You, we've got to wait for you know we're still it's it's a tough league. We've come mm. in also at a difficult time. I think particularly last season was a very difficult yeah. league last year, um, and like you said, it takes time to bed in players. He's still sort of building his squad. Obviously, we've lost we've lost a key player like Johnson. He's still trying. We've got in, ridden with injuries. Tyler yeah. one year injured. Um, I mean, he's really key for your yeah, one year. Absolutely, so he's, him he's and Gibbs White. Yeah. So it's we, we yeah, so missing key players, and it's 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 not an easy job, but he has to be given to at least the end of the season. That's a must. And I still think if we're still in the league, I'd say keep him. Yeah. yeah. You've signed so many players under his leadership, so it would almost be a bit laughable if you sacked <laughs> him now. After you know, it was it was twenty odd, we might have even hit thirty that first season, and then was it another thirteen in summer? So yeah, of course that's a lot of players to bring in for one manager. And if you bring in another manager, they also want back in. And I was speaking to a Forest fan before actually, and you want to start making it, so you don't need over 10 players every summer don't you so Absolutely. by changing manager that could probably put you a step back and you know you all love Cooper don't you and he's obviously liked by the fans as a whole but I imagine the form needs to change and is it likely to change if Tyro one is injured like he is um, we we can we've, we've shown that we can score goals without him but I think that Chris Wood doesn't offer I actually don't think Chris Wood's a terrible player I think he doesn't fit the style we want to play but we've got no other option but to play him, which is why we need to sign a striker in January, considering a one year's ended for uh, it's four to five months now. It's wow. a huge yeah, loss. That's, that's a big loss, that. And I think, you know, a team like Forest is very similar. So I keep saying it, there's similarities, but it's like us with Calvert-Lewin in the last two seasons. We lost Calvert-Lewin and it derailed us for, for large parts that season. I think... You know, the one thing with Forrest is you do have these key players, these these big players that, that drag you over the line and get you to win games. And the backup's not good enough behind them. Well, I say not good enough. It, it's not good enough for the system you want to play. So it was very similar to us with Mope, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the back end of last season when Calvert-Lewin got that injury, we had to shoot Hundamari Gray up front or, or Neil Mope up front. And I think once you're doing that, it takes away from the rest of the team and it, it gives... It, it almost demoralizes the team to a sense that they've not got the way they've not got the ability to play that they want to, and you know that starts to worry the defense. The midfield starts to start to try and you know create too many chances, and I think that's where Forest and Everton that's where they need that depth in in certain areas and and players to come in you know that suit the system. And I think that's where we've done well in the summer window with Beto because he's very similar to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you know, strong runner, good in the air can finish um, I think that's where we've done well recruiting Beto because he, he slots straight into that system and he's, he's the you know the natural replacement for Dominic Calvert-Lewin whereas Forrest you know a one year 
Chris Wood is not the same player as a one year so I think that's where you might come unstuck to, towards the back end of the season well, it's like at the moment you can see that the main source of goals is Anthony Langer isn't it he's the one who's delivering for you guys at the moment and he's almost similar to Brennan Johnson in the sense that he is that direct winger he's a lot more raw than Brennan Johnson I think but he's been doing really well hasn't he I think it's is it his last six games he's got three goals three assists yeah last six starts I think three games uh, three goals three assists uh We've, we've tried him down I think we, against Liverpool we tried him down the middle on his own and that didn't really work and I think he does he lacks a bit of an end product uh, he's, he's good on the ball but I don't, he's not good enough to sort of play down the middle uh, or as I think Johnson actually was at times we could play him down the middle if we had to um, but yeah he's our main source at the moment he's our main source of goals considering Gibbs White's not been great form recently he's one that I think we have got to try and stop and particularly worried about if he comes up on the same side as our right back so whether that's Ashley Young of course struggling recently Seamus Coleman will just come back from an injury and whether it's Nathan Patterson who's low on confidence at the minute I think that could be a, a place where Nottingham Forest get in against us I think Seamus Coleman's got to start for me I think this is the time where, where you bring him back and, and you try and bed him into the squad because you know defensively Seamus Coleman is relatively solid and going forward he, he does offer you a little bit as well I think he's a, he's a decent compromise between Ashley Young and, and Nathan Patterson is Seamus Coleman so I think that is that's the player I'd look to use to combat Alanga Gibbs White he's another player that you need to combat on, on Saturday because his creativity I know you said he's not in great form but his creativity it, it can't be matched and I think if if we close him down you know you use Idrissa Garner Gay as, as sort of a man marker towards him just and, glued to him and yeah. that's what I was going to say just to, just to glue to him and, and keep him quiet I think that's where you need to that's definitely where the game is won and lost for me well where do you think Everton can hurt you because we've been really good on the road and obviously we've had this 10 point deduction in the middle which has completely changed everyone's thinking on everything but obviously before that we were doing pretty well on the road and even before the points deduction you probably would have seen this as quite a tough game but what, how are you feeling about it now and what do you think of Everton as in where are we going to hurt you if we do um I said your, your away form is good and you have good, very good away support um in terms of in the game um we we give the ball away at the moment we're giving the ball away way too easily and we're getting against against good teams we're getting punished for that we got punished against Brighton we got punished against Liverpool um so if you can hit us there as soon as you can I think sometimes although I think the midfield is good I think we're sometimes quite slow in the midfield I think obviously we've just signed Sangari he's still adjusting to the league a bit and he's still he's I think he's almost too composed on the ball uh not quite just to be with the Premier League and I think he often gets caught out um so if you can catch us there, that'd definitely be a good way to score. Um, Maybe on that transition, I think that's yeah, where we've scored against yeah, other teams as well. When we win that ball back and break, I think that's what the plan will be. Won't I it? think the, the the goal that that springs to mind is the West Ham one, where Jared Branthwaite goes through the back of Antonio and, and wins the ball and straight up the other end, other end into Dominic Calvert-Lewin's feet, and we're one 0 up. I think that's where we have to utilise Forest's poor you know performance on the ball I think if we utilize that and, and make sure that we're we're quick in transition and moving the ball from back to front really quickly I think that's where we're going to score our goals I'd also say set pieces as well we're, we're very poor at scoring and defending set pieces we actually don't have a set piece coach at the moment which is a number one priority I think we need to get in because we, like I said we haven't scored from a single I think we scored from one set piece this entire season and I mean we had an absolute nightmare at West Ham defending I know it's James Ward-Prowse yeah. but still like we should we should be doing better Set pieces are an important thing for us, which we hope we can be a threat on. And in away games, when there are fine margins, you need to be good at them, don't you? I think that could be where we nick it if we get one. If, you know, James yeah. Tarkovsky wins that back yeah, post header, yeah, yeah. we've got the height, really, 
I think we've probably got the physical advantage over you guys in terms of height and stuff. Jared Bramfway, Tarkovsky. We won't have Onana, so the midfield might not be as physical as it normally is, but the rest of them is a lot of height in that side. Yeah, and I think even last season with Decore winning that header in the in the 2-2 game at the City Ground, I think that's where we can definitely you know hurt Forrest. And just for me, I think if you are going to score, it might be from a set piece because we tend to um, we tend to let teams load the box and, and put the ball into the box rather than defending the actual cross we just defend our box and, and hold our ground in there so I think if Forrest are going to score a set piece against the team it, it probably is Everton because you know we don't tend to stop the crosses coming in we tend to just defend what we have in the box with Branthwaite and Tarkowski with that aerial advantage we trust the crosses to come in don't we because yeah. I think Deitch backs the defenders to then be able to clear it especially when he has like aerial threats like when Keane is in the in the box he always trusts him to head it out Jared Branthwaite Tarkovsky they're all players who are good stoppers of crosses so I think that's kind of the tactical plan isn't it but yeah. let's do some predictions now let's have a look at that <laughs> yeah. game and go neck on the line I want to hear everyone's honest predictions Ollie I'll start with you are we going to win this game? I'm worried because of the injuries that we've got. I think Calvert-Lewin is going to be a big miss if he isn't to play. I know we've we've seen today with Daish's press conference that they're, they're being cautious with him and he's training indoors. Amadou Nana isn't going to be fit. Um, I'm going to go with a one-all draw. And that's that's quite negative for me because I usually say that we, we might win, but I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Beto to get his first goal in the Premier League. Oh, that'd be nice. I'd love to see Beto score. So far at Everton, he is the biggest blue ever. For some reason, he was he was an Evertonian before he even joined. And even when he got an assist the other week, he looked so happy. So we would love to see that. But Joe, I don't think you would. No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I really hope not. I think I, I think there's going to be goals because I think we, we ship so many goals at home and away. And you've, you've shown, obviously not in the previous game, you've shown you can score, particularly away. But... I'm still gonna go. I'm gonna go for a three-two to us. So three in a row. Good, good, yeah, three in a row. There, um, there is gonna be goals, and I think that I think because Gibbs White played a lot better last game, I think he's gonna get at least one. Right. Interesting, because he is a player that we don't have similar, do we? So Gibbs White could be the difference maker. He's that creative midfielder. I don't think there'll be quite as many goals. I think if Everton are to win it, we're gonna nick it. So I'm gonna go with one-nil. I think we'll <laughs> complete contrast, complete contrast. But I think we're going to be organised. We're going to set up similarly to like we have in other away games. And I don't think you'll have enough to beat Jordan Pickford. And I think we will get one similar to the West Ham game on the break or from a set piece. So I'm going to be positive and say we're going to win. Interestingly, each of us have picked a different result here as well. Yeah. I hope you're right, Ellis. But you know, I've, I've not really got the positivity that, that you have. But that's all we've got time for this week on the Weekly Rundown. Just want to say thank you to Joe for coming on. Thank really you very much for it. having me. Thank you very much. No worries. Make sure to leave us a like on Spotify. Leave us a rating. Let us know what you think about this episode. Follow us on Twitter, on our socials, on Instagram. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a bit.